Here we go. Locked on 49ers live. We're talking 2020 NFL draft. They say it takes three years to truly evaluate a draft class. So we're going back to the 2020 NFL draft right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is a small draft class in 2020, Croc. And uh, I know we go so deep into the draft, and, and you and I talked a lot about the 2020 NFL draft. You weren't co-hosting the podcast with me yet, but I know I had you on as a guest, and we broke down all the receivers in that class, right? Uh, Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk was one of those. Uh, Henry Ruggs in that class. And it's amazing how different careers go and, and the trajectory of all these guys just after three NFL seasons and um, three years is a good amount of time. It's plenty of time. A couple of years, you have a really good idea. And three years, I think they're the, the they, whoever they are that say that about waiting three years, uh, it, it's a good amount of time. So I, I think we know exactly who these players are for the most part. Um, there's still a lot left to be written, but man, uh, a really good NFL draft class for the San Francisco 49ers. And, uh, I think a really pivotal class for multiple players, multiple positions here for the San Francisco 49ers. I think looking at it from the receiver standpoint is very interesting because after three years, we know that Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. <laughs> and that was a guy who I really liked, but I mean, never in a million years. Did I think like, Hey, he's going to be the best receiver in the NFL in three years and just shatter records. Like, Really? Like, nah, no way. So didn't see that coming, but that, that was cool to see. And Brandon Ayuk, a guy that I'm pretty sure we'll talk about as well. Uh, between him, you have T. Higgins from that class, Michael Pittman, some guys that are like legit wide receiver twos in the NFL. Hey, uh, you and I talked about Jerry Judy a little while ago and how it's like his numbers are actually better than what you kind of perceive them at in your head. Like right now, it's feels like Judy's an afterthought, but actually he's been pretty solid and looking for that like big breakout year. So uh, definitely overall a really talented class where it almost feels like you, you couldn't really miss as much CD lamb in that class. Yeah. It's a huge draft class for wide receivers. Niners got one of them in the first yeah. round. First, before we go wide receiver though, Croc, let's start with the first pick the 49ers did make. And this was uh, a lot of movement. This was a class where the 49ers and I'm pretty sure John Lynch traded every single pick they originally had they didn't draft a single time at their original spot in this draft class and they ended up trading a lot of picks away it was actually just the a, a complete opposite draft class of what we just saw in 2023 Niners had no for no early picks and a whole bunch of late picks in this class they only drafted five guys and had two first round picks and then traded away some of those later picks and ended up with a really small draft class and I want to talk about some undrafted free agents as well in this class, but it started with Javon Kinlaw after moving down just one spot, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moved up with the Niners. They got Tristan Wirfs at 13. Um, 
at the time, Croc, when that happened, we did not know that Joe Staley was going to retire. I cannot believe the 49ers didn't just stick at 13 and draft Tristan Wirfs, knowing that Joe Staley was going to retire and get their offensive tackle and not knowing yet that they were going to be able to trade for Trent Williams, even though there was a lot of talks there. But they probably felt confident about Trent Williams, moved down that one spot, and ended up taking defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw, number 14 overall in the middle of round one in 2020. Yeah, that was really wild. And I feel like you can't start to talk about that draft class and the Javon Kinlaw pick without talking about how the 49ers got that original 13th overall pick in the first place, trading away DeForest Buckner, how really big that was, a guy who I would have never expected to be traded because he exemplified everything that you want a football player to be, a leader to be, a 49er player to be, and didn't miss games, always healthy. You trade him, and it made sense from a money standpoint, and I think that's what they were trying to do, trying to, you know, uh, uh, manage the the financial ramifications of things down the line. But gosh, that was a big trade with Buckner moving on. So then it's like, okay, whatever. You get Javon Kinlaw. And I think the one thing that we've known from that now, especially what we learned really kind of in the process, but now we see how impactful it is, is that knee. You know, we knew that there was something going on with his knee. They brushed it off, said it's not that big of a deal. But clearly, I think that has truly impacted how we view that pick. Because I do think that Javon Kinlaw, just in general, is a very talented player. Huge. He has quickness. He has strength. But he hasn't really been able to put that on full display because he's been hampered with injuries tending to that injury he came to the NFL with. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's going to go down probably, it looks like right now, as a big miss for the 49ers. And I think getting Javon Hargraves is them saying, yeah, we 100% missed on this. But not because of, I don't think, the lack of talent. I think it was them not truly knowing the extent of that knee injury and how that really would impact him moving forward. I think it's also impacted how they've done business since then. They've, they haven't messed around with any of their star players. So the Buckner thing, I think if you really look at what the 49ers are doing right now, it feels like, like, okay, if you're a star player, we're going to do everything we can to bring you in, keep you here, pay you. But it's the other guys that they're not going to pay and they're going to let you walk. They're going to collect comp picks. And maybe this informed part of that. The other thing that changed after this was taking chances on players with injury histories. They, they've really drafted a lot of really healthy players that don't miss time in the college level. Um, and, and so I think those are two things that, that the 49ers probably learned from this draft class in the Javon Kinlaw pick. And, and obviously there's a, you know, the reason why they drafted him, he, you know, came out, he's just he, massive human being super powerful so, shows some explosive, ability you know not quite a quick twitch interior guy he, he's he's uh, a, a mauler he's he's a power player Javon Kinlaw is inside and he's listed at six five three thirty three nineteen he's closer to six six um and you know was up around 340 in college and I think he's gotten down to 290s it's 299 I think he showed up at camp last year and from reports at OTAs he might be even a little slimmer this year so it's not lack of effort and it's not lack of wanting to be good for Javon Kinlaw. Uh, it's just the, the, his opportunity to stay on the field has been the big problem for him. And obviously, it's a huge miss up to this point and a huge disappointment for a to draft a first-round defensive lineman and through three seasons, he's got one-and-a-half career sacks. Yeah, and it's not even just 
the on you know during the season during OTAs things like that. Man, the preparation as well, having to always recover from some type of knee scoping or knee injury. Them trying to get that right and have, having to rehab, and instead of really kind of putting that time into being in Hawaii with Buckner and Armstead and the guys and you know and uh, with Michael Bennett really working on your craft and, and hands and all those things. I think he's kind of missed out on a lot of that aspect of his development, which clearly we see the impact of that on the field. Yeah, big what if there would would Kinlaw have turned out to be a much better player because his play on the field too has been inconsistent even when he's healthy enough to play. And so would those inconsistencies have gone away with a healthier player that would have more opportunity to work on his craft more? And so we don't know. And so at this point, his availability is an, is, a, is an F and his play on the field has been pretty mediocre as well even when he is healthy enough to play. Um, and, and again, I, it must be said that this was not like – in fact, I think I have a tweet saved somewhere because I was out on Kinlaw pre-draft and I was really locked into this 2020 draft class. We did a ton of work on this class and I tweeted, um, quote, I'm all the way out on Javon Kinlaw, uh, multiple knee injuries in college and the interior D line isn't the place to be spending this draft pick. So uh, I didn't like the the Kinlaw pick from the start. Um, I know why the 49ers liked him, but again, th- these injuries were were common knowledge. If I knew about him, you know, team medical staffs and teams knew about him. So what did it? What did those MRIs look like? I, I don't know, but it's not like the risk wasn't there and just flashing red light for the 49ers when they made that pick. And for me, it wasn't even, and I didn't like the pick, and that was my initial tweet. But it wasn't about the knee injuries or anything that really had to do with Kinlaw. I didn't like the kind of the player for player trade, even though you're, you know, one guy costs less money, but going from Buckner to a guy that has to replace that caliber of player. I was like, why wouldn't you just slide Armstead inside and have him play three tech. And then you still at that time had D Ford and other guys that, to play on the edge. So for me, it's just like, it just didn't make sense. It's like, okay, you kept Armstead. Cool. Well, put him at three tech. He could play very well there. And now he plays his best ball there at the three tech. Do that and then draft a Tristan Wharfs or a CD Lamb. And again, I, I love that they got Ayuk, but you know, at that time with where they were picking that, it felt like a, a CD Lamb or a, a Tristan Wharfs or a, a, a Jerry Judy, not a Javon Kinlaw to replace Buckner. So that, that was one thing that I didn't necessarily care for. So a big whiff so far to this point for the Javon Kinlaw draft pick at number 14 overall. And one of the reasons I didn't like it, you just mentioned there, wide receiver. But the 49ers found themselves a wide receiver a little bit later. Brandon Ayuk rounds uh, five through seven, getting big-time contributors now for the San Francisco 49ers. Look at the day three picks and interesting undrafted free agents as well from the 2020 draft. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by... LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And why not go to the place where there are the most job seekers that already exist online? I've got a LinkedIn profile. you got a LinkedIn profile. Everyone's already on LinkedIn. So go there. Post your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile that spreads the word that you're hiring. And then find the right focus of those right candidates to interview and eventually hire with simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Brandon Ayuk, the San Francisco 49ers had the 31st pick in the draft, right? 2020 draft that was coming off the 2019 season. Disappointing how the season ended, but such a great season for the 49ers. And they were aggressive. They were trading for Trent Williams. They were they were drafting a, a, a defensive tackle to replace DeForest Buckner. Moving on from Buckner, they said no to Tom Brady. They brought back Jimmy G. They're trying to run it back. And they th- said, we need one more playmaker on the offensive side of the ball just after drafting Debo Samuel, Samuel the year before. They didn't take that wide receiver at 14. What did they do? They traded up from 31 to 25 to draft Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk has been really good for the San Francisco 49ers and has really outplayed uh, Jerry Judy, one of the guys that I, and you look at their numbers and they're not far off at all. Like their numbers are pretty darn close, which, which is kind of surprising. And, and Jerry Judy has missed some time in the NFL. But um I think most 49ers fans would say, man, I, I'm really glad the way that worked out, not taking Judy at 14. Now, CeeDee Lamb could be a different story. Justin Jefferson could absolutely be a different story. But they love Brandon Ayuk. They moved up. They got him at pick 25, and he's been a really good player for them. He has been very good. I think, unfortunately for him, I don't think he's been able to really spread his wings and, and, and fly the way I believe he truly can. You know, it was interesting evaluating him as a prospect his quarterback, Jaden Daniels, was still kind of youthful at that time. And Daniels is still playing. He's at LSU now. But you could see where, man, I think there's like more with this IU guy. And he had an electric ability. There was one play I remember just seeing his athleticism stand out, jumping over a defender. Like he like caught a slant, jumped over a guy. And I'm like, man, he kind of got some nice athleticism. And, you know, he wasn't one of the big dogs in that class, but he definitely was someone that was kind of in that, like, six wide receiver spot, which I think is around the the, the place he went in the sense of drafted, draft order at the receiver position. So 49ers got a terrific receiver who I really like his game. A uh, couple of things I'm still waiting to see if he'll improve on. And you, you said we know more about these guys three years later. Maybe he'll never be a terrific contested catch guy, but being able to separate – uh, he's improved on that each year at the NFL level, and you're seeing more of that. I would like to see him be a little bit better after the catch. I've seen it a couple times where it's like, boom, there it is. But I think it kind of comes and goes, and maybe it has to do something with maybe the way the 49ers utilize him as opposed to other receivers. But terrific ability, terrific athleticism, uh, and I think as far as hitting on the pick, they definitely got that right with Brandon Ayoub. 194 catches, 2,589 yards, and 18 touchdowns receiving so far in three years. And remember, he kind of hit that doghouse in in year two to start as well and came out of that. And so uh, Brandon Ayuk's been awesome for the 49ers. I didn't love the trade-up at the time. Looking back, you know, totally fine with a a trade-up to go get a player who's been as good. And and when you get a hit, it doesn't matter what you traded. And that's what we're learning about the Trey Lance thing. Um, When you make a big trade, if the player is a hit, nobody's going to care what you gave up. If the player is a miss, nobody's ever going to forget and everyone's going to remind you every single day what you traded to go get a player if it's not a hit. This was a hit with Brandon IU. Nobody's going to care about the 49ers moving up. I, I thought it was unnecessary at the time, and I wasn't sure if I, I thought IU was maybe in a different tier. I actually had IU rated 30 overall in that class, so right around where the 49ers right. were drafting, so it's not egregious drafting him at 25 or anything. I was like, oh, yeah, State 31, maybe he's still there. It might not have been there. There was still some, you know, Michael Pittman and T. Higgins and some other players you draft at the end of round one, um, but obviously the way it's gone, love Ayuk as a 49er. He's made good. 
and we'll see what he gets paid because he's got a, a, a big paycheck coming when you hit and you're a wide receiver. That's just what's going to happen. Uh, fantastic. And he'll pale into comparison for you know statistics with some other first-round wide receivers. C.D. Lamb's got 70 more catches and 1,000 more yards almost, and Justin Jefferson's got 140 more catches and uh, 2,000 more yards, 2,300 more yards. Justin Jefferson in three years, 324 catches, almost 5,000 yards in three years, 48, 25, 25 receiving touchdowns, man. Uh, unbelievable. And so if you take Justin Jefferson out, it makes everybody else in that draft class look better, but they just pale in comparison numbers-wise to Jeff, Justin Jefferson, even though they're all hits. And even Jerry Judy doesn't have bad numbers in three years as well. I actually, there, there was like this uh, fan thing I joined and they asked me to pick for the 49ers. I picked 13. I actually traded back to pick 18 and took Justin Jefferson. And I got killed. In the, I got killed what? in the chat for that. They did not like it. The, the fans did not like Justin Jefferson. He's a glorified slot. Uh, obviously, he's been terrific and much more than just a slot, even though he does win there as well, uh, but clearly can win on the outside. The, the, the question I have is Michael Pittman. He hasn't had the best quarterback situation at all. Right, like even the 49ers, you look at their situation, it's like, well, okay, you went from trade to Jimmy to Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy played ex- extremely well. And, uh, you know, it, it's a, court, a weird quarterback situation for the 49ers in the sense of just having that one guy, but the quarterbacks have played well. You, you look at the Indianapolis Colts, and, you know, Matt Ryan wasn't good. Then they went with the Sellinger guy or whatever his name was from Texas, not good. And they're all kind of random stuff. But I wanted to ask you, you talked. You mentioned a couple of guys that were right there, available at thirty, right? So if let's say you didn't trade up, you got IU there, you got Michael Pittman Jr., you got T. Higgins. I think you'd be more than okay with taking one of those guys as well, right? I think the bigger question would be how would they fit in Kyle's offense because he doesn't like tall guys. <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like guys to win the contested catches down the field. And it's funny because the the things you mentioned about IU, that's the that's the best part of T Higgins game, but he's not, you know, a catch it short run after catch guy. He can make some plays. So very different, a much better quarterback play for T Higgins than Michael Pittman, for sure. I don't think Pittman was a great fit for the 49ers. I know you're a big Pittman guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, and man, it's, it's pretty crazy to see some of the numbers that Higgins has put up because, you know, Ayuk's argument is, is that, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the number two wide receiver in this offense. I'm like the number three, number four option, depending on the game sometimes. And, and T Higgins has kind of been similar for him and he's still put up 3000 yards in three seasons. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, he's, he's done some things and, and uh, Pittman's numbers are pretty good too. 227 catches for 2,500 yards. So yeah, in um, a thousand yard season, Higgins, where he wins down the field, is, is I think would help open up the 49ers offense. But Kyle Shanahan's not looking for that guy, so it's almost like we got to get those guys out of our head because I don't know if there's ever going to be one of those guys that, that Kyle Shanahan spends on unless he just kind of shows up and it's like, oh, we got this undrafted free agent guy that's that wins a job, or you got Juwan Jennings, who Juwan Jennings is not either one of those guys that we just mentioned, Pittman and T. Higgins. But hey, man, he plays a role as kind of this, the other. The others, he, he's kind of in that category between him and and uh, Ray Ray McLeod. But it's like, okay, because and we're going to get to Juwan Jennings. But I, a matter of fact, I'll save it because we are going to get to Juwan Jennings from this class. Yeah, let's get to that day three portion of this draft class next. Obviously, uh, a miss for Ken Law so far in his career, multiple reasons why, and a hit on Brandon Ayuk in the first round. And 
still unwritten for both those guys. They can both play their best football in their fourth seasons coming up here uh, and beyond in their in their careers. But I think we've learned a lot about both of those players and in, in, in who they are in the NFL. Some interesting ones and, and a starter now from day three and another wide receiver that has been a, a contributor for the San Francisco 49ers. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. That's number one. That's the most important thing when you're looking for clothes. You're looking for pants. You're looking for stretch khaki shorts. You want to look good, but you want to feel good in them as well. And that's where Bird Dogs come in. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. But they fit great. They fit way better than anything. Lululemon, whatever it is, wherever shorts you're thinking about getting, these fit way better because regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed all those issues by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, no matter what you're doing. So you can live hard, work hard, play hard, go to work in your bird dog's pants, and then you could go out and, and party in them as well. You can go to the golf course, and then I always wear my bird dog pants to the golf course. I love my bird dog shorts. You can get, a, get them with a liner, get them without a liner. My bird dog shorts, I go to a barbecue, I jump in the pool if I want to. With those khakis, you go anywhere you want, you look right, and you feel right. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs, we promise you. I love uh, hearing where people are from and and uh, how people found the show. Niner Gaming says, What's up, guys? Caught you live at the gym getting my crocker on. Uh, croc, in fact, Today, we're recording this on Monday, July 10th. If I'm not mistaken, the bulk portion of your workout journey starts today, right? So you, you were slimmed down, Crocky. You've been skinny, Crocky, getting down to 186 or something like that um, at, at almost six foot two. So uh, that's pretty slender. And now you're going to start putting on some mass. Yep. And the clean bulk. Because some people, they do dirty bulking. They eat bad. Uh, I'm raising my calories about 600 plus calories but with all all good, you know, cooked food. So we're, we're going to see how this works. I'm kind of experimenting on myself. When you're young, you don't got to worry about this type of stuff. But as I get older, I have to be more pinpoint with how I do things. Oh, dude, the older you get, the more pinpoint you have to be with everything, especially your health and, and your weight. Uh, that's absolutely for sure. So the 49ers didn't have any picks until after that round one area until all the way until round number five so no second no third no fourth i believe that fourth was part of the trent williams trade that year so uh they they took day two off came back day three swinging uh and they drafted three guys colton mckivitz in the fifth they drafted charlie warner tight end in the sixth and Juwan jennings in the seventh let's start with colton mckivitz because uh, what a comeback story for his nfl career he was drafted in the fifth round he was an under athletic a look at his athletic profile was awful, Croc, across the board. And when you want to play offensive tackle in the NFL, you're looking for these guys that are that are long and athletic and and can move and can jump and and you know because they're freaks and they have to block the freaks of nature on the defensive side of the ball. This guy wasn't that. Uh, he he he's big, but he did not have any of the the athleticism and the feet and the workout numbers that you want from a starting offensive tackle or even an NFL offense 
offensive tackle, but he had that gold helmet for the 49ers for reasons because he's smart and tough. And I think that's what has given him an opportunity now to be the starting right tackle for the 49ers going into 2023. After his second training camp, Croc, he was waived from the team and nobody picked him up and they brought him back and, and he ended up making the team again. And then now they liked him so much that that toughness, that those smarts, despite not being the most athletic guy in the world, he's strong. He's got an anchor and he might not get out in the, uh, in the wide zone and, and block as well as McGlinchey, but he might not be, uh, he, there might not be any drop off and maybe even an improvement in pass protection because he locks on and he's strong and, and he's going to play his butt off every down. And that's what Colton McKivitz is. And, um, after three years, I don't think we know enough about Colton McKivitz. He's gotten some good PFF grades. Sometimes he's had some good games. He's had some other times where he didn't look amazing. So, uh, this after most guys, we know what they are after three years, Colton McKivitz, I think we're still learning, but man, getting a, a guy who's going to start at offensive tackle in the fifth round, that's huge value already as we stand here today. Yeah. Just the fact that they believe that he's potentially a starter, right. And didn't look to replace him with a third-round tackle or a free agent tackle. They're saying, hey, we believe in this guy and we like the steps that he's been taking to become a guy that we have a lot of confidence in. So I'd say that regardless of not us not seeing a whole lot of them, the confidence that they have, and they've done a terrific job of identifying guys that they, they feel are ready to play, uh, I, I think that proves to be a big boat of confidence for McKibbitt. So. I mean, you know, from that standpoint, I'm all in, and it's definitely a win in the sense of the draft stop. No doubt. I can't wait to see what that looks like. And uh, I think for some 49ers fans, and even for us, Croc, it almost feels like a little bit of an experiment right now at offensive tackle for the 49ers. Like, are you guys sure? This is what we're going to do? They're not gonna do? They didn't draft anybody to try to come in and compete? Uh, they they feel a lot stronger about it, obviously, than than everybody else in the world does. If you look at rankings from national pundits about the 49ers offensive line, people are worried about it. So, very interested to see what that looks like with Colton McKivitz and uh, how that offensive line comes together this year. But as a fifth round pick right now, huge value, huge hit. If you're getting a guy that you believe can start games for you, uh, you know, at the end of his rookie contract. So like that a lot, especially at a premium position like offensive tackle. And we'll see how well that goes for the 49ers and Colton McKivitz. It's it's the most um, undecided grade here yet as far as what Colton McKivitz is. Charlie Warner. They kind of went the the George Kittle route with the Charlie Warner pick in the sixth round of 2020 because they got a guy who was tough and, and blocked well in college and never got the ball thrown his way, had some athletic ability, not George Kittle's athletic ability, but some athleticism to where that you could say, ah, maybe this is a similar thing where we're gonna we're gonna coach him up and uh, he's gonna block his butt off, and then we, we've got an athlete that we can throw the ball to more, and he's gonna be a better pro than a college player. So far, hasn't really worked out for Charlie Warner. And after drafting two tight ends in 2023, he's going to be fighting for his uh, his spot on the roster, period, this year. I would say that it, it has worked out from the standpoint of he's he's still on the team and he's on the roster and he's kind of been out-dueling some of the other guys. I mean, you know, how do we feel about Ross Dwelly at that time? You know, like, oh, man, that's 100% your, your tight end, too. And I think around that time, Jordan, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name? Jordan Matthews. No, not Jordan Matthews. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? The tight end came over oh, from Jordan Washington. Reed. Yeah, Jordan Reed. Yeah, Jordan Reed. Yeah. He was kind of around there. But even then, Charlie Warner's like, nah, man, like, I'm going to make this team. I'm going to make this roster. So the fact that he's still there and they haven't been able to just find someone that can just outright beat him out, I, said, I think that says a lot. Like, when you get a guy this late, everybody's not going to be a star. But if you have just some kind of role for a guy and he's able to hang around for several years and 
really all these guys, I mean, Ken Law maybe by default, but I think that's that says a lot about just what he's been to them. Not not a star, definitely not George Kittle, but someone who contributes to some extent. I'm looking for Charlie Warner's snap counts here in games played. He's played 48 games for the 49ers. So he's been around and he's been, he's he only got eight catches for 88 yards, right? So, you know, he's, he hasn't become any sort of a, a receiving weapon for the 49ers at all. And I don't know if he's even that amazing of a blocker, but for a sixth round pick just to stay for four years is a win of a pick. You know, you, you're not getting stars, you know, d- deep into to day three very often. And he's played more games than than first round pick Javon Kinlaw by a lot. He's played twice as many games for the 49ers as Javon Kinlaw has. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, it's a, it's a solid pick. He's been a contributor. He might not be around for very much longer, but how about this one? Javon Jennings home run of a selection in the seventh round, the third pick in the seventh round, number 217 overall, the 49ers draft a wide receiver. Who's been become their number three guy on the outside now behind Debo and Iuke and has 59 catches for 698 yards and six touchdowns. But I feel like when he makes a catch, it's more impactful than other guys because it seems like it's always for a first down. It is always for a first down. And uh, week one against Chicago Bears, we saw him on the slot fade. Uh, Trey Lance threw to him, and he you know, he kind of stretched the field. We haven't seen a whole lot of that. And for a guy who you know ran a 4-7 and it doesn't play a whole lot faster than that, to win vertically, I think, again, just kind of brings a different element to what the 49ers have currently, being able to uh, win down the field, as well as what he does, you know, as essentially kind of a small tight end or move tight end yeah. uh, where he kind of plays. Running those outs, I think it was Tariq Woolen who kind of poked fun at him a little bit and was like, man, we ain't worried about you. You're a tight end. Like, all you got to do is run stick route outs or something. Yeah. I was like, well, they're, they're kind of right. They're like, a majority of his routes are kind of in that range, but he does a terrific job of winning on it. And again, carving out a role for yourself as a seventh-round pick, I think that's tremendous. So, overall, man, kind of yeah, I mean, it's an A draft play pick uh, for Jawan Jennings in the seventh round to get this much production out of a seventh round wide receiver. We'll see what Ronnie Bell can do. Uh, someone says Ronnie Bell's going to be our Keenan Allen. I don't know about that one. Um, we'll see with Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell's going to have to win a, a roster spot first. Well, um, not just that. Uh, Keenan Allen, he was a guy at Cal. Oh, like, hey, he, he was the man. And, and then he had that hamstring injury, which made him run a slow 40 at his little private workout. And he slipped to the third round because of that. Like, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a third round prospect, let alone the seventh round guy. Shadow 49er, by the way, Keenan Allen. I was all over yeah. that one. I was like, oh, that's easy value right there. Give me that four seven all day because that dude gets open. He is slippery and he's still doing it to this day. Yeah. Um, so overall, I mean, I want to talk about some undrafted free agents really quick. Uh, they did sign Jamichael Hasty, who had some nice roles for the 49ers after the draft. That year, and then they just got some free draft picks too because they signed linebacker Jonas Griffith as an undrafted free agent in that class, and then traded him immediately to the Denver Broncos and got a seventh and a sixth back. Or they traded Jonas Jennings a seventh and then got a sixth and a sixth. they got a free sixth round pick for an undrafted free agent. So uh, I love that value. So he, he that's a that's fantastic. There they got a little extra draft pick, and I'm not sure what that pick ended up being for the 49ers. 2021 sixth round. Anyway, let us know if you uh, know who that player is. I'm blanking off the top of my head. But uh, so overall, it's a really good draft class. The the Kinlaw thing, when the first pick doesn't hit, 
Usually that makes for a poor draft class for most teams, but the 49ers came back with another hit in the first round and have gotten contributors, three contributors on day three and utilized one of their picks to go trade for Trent Williams, got an extra pick from an undrafted free agent, got some value after the draft as well. So overall, it's a really good draft class for the 49ers and probably one I like a lot better today than I did right after it happened, even though Kinlaw has been a complete miss. It, it looks like that six-round pick or some form of it because it's kind of hard to tell exactly. You know, 49 moved around a little bit, but Elijah Mitchell. Oh, wow. If you got a free Elijah Mitchell for that as well, and as uh, 49ers gang 916 points out in the chat, Griffith is, was, you know, starting linebacker too. So, yeah. Niners are good at finding those linebackers and those running backs. That's for sure. Yeah, if anything, they're going to find some good, good guys. Mm-hmm. And, and then here, here's what's going to happen, right? And we'll see what happens with D Winters and all that. But they do such a great job finding these guys mid to late rounds. And they're like, well, but we're going to spend the first on one of these guys, even though we haven't addressed this guy or this position or that. But we're going to go get a linebacker first round. Doesn't it feel like they always do that, like that type of move? It's like, why would you do that? That was the thing with the running backs, where it's like, you keep getting these guys undrafted or sixth round. And man, they're very productive. It's like, yeah, but uh, Trey Sermon, gotta have him. Trade up for him. Well, but uh, TDP, gotta have him. It's like, why you keep doing that? <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic stuff. All right, what do you guys think? What what's the what's the grade for the 2020 draft? Now looking back, I'd say I'd give it a B plus. Can't be A with the Kinlaw thing, how it's gone so far. But man, um, overall, it was a really good class, and they've gotten a ton of contributors from this class, despite the the lack of selections too. So. Great job yeah. by the 49ers in, in 2020. And we'll see. It's not done yet for Javon Kinlaw. And you low-key have to include Trent Williams in that class. Because on top of acquiring him, you were able to uh, you know, extend him as well. So I yeah, mean she- pay him. He's almost like they, they gave up a fourth for the right to sign him as a free agent. So that's it's kind of like you can't go too far in that direction. But you cap him. And he's this? been the best in the league. How about this? Did the 49ers win or lose the Buckner trade? Well, they were able to get Trent Williams with one of those picks, right? Because we're kind of like you you traded uh, a pick for a player, but then you were able to move back one spot because you had that pick. That gave you that extra pick that I want to say helped you get Trent Williams. God, there's so many trades. I can't keep track of them, but. I think the Trent Williams, I want to say it was a fifth and a third. It was like a fifth that year and then a third the next year. They, oh no, he's a third and then a fourth. Or no, was a four, there was a fourth involved, I thought, for the Trent Williams. But the, the Buckner trade was just a first, I think. The Buckner was a first, but then they moved back one spot. Oh, right. So they got it when they moved back. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. they got the extra pick. And I think that helped them get Trent Williams. So, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, hey, uh, Ken Law, <laughs> Trent Williams. Williams. And, you know, or both. I mean, uh, and. Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward, they were able to re-sign those yeah. guys because they traded away Buckner. Ah, Jimmy Buckner. <laughs> it doesn't look as bad when you say, oh, man, they traded Buckner for Kinlaw. That looks terrible. But in reality, it's not as doesn't it's not that bad. And they, they had a really nice draft class in 2000. Yeah, they did. They did. Really, that, that's, that is to have that few selections and those guys contributing. We're talking about in year, the, 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 heading into their fourth year, and those guys are a lot of them like have projected roles on your team. I think that's that's a slam dunk. We don't know what Ken Laws is, but outside of him, like the next guys 
they all have a role and you landed Trent Williams. Slam, slam dunk, slam dunk. Great job, uh, John Lynch. We're talking DBs tomorrow. Croc went into the, the lab a little bit and is breaking down some film, looking at some Steve Wilkes, looking at some Miles Hartsfield, looking at some Diamador Lenore. So that and a whole lot more coming up for you uh, daily here on San Francisco 49ers. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Shout out to all the everydayers. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to this video.